0: Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message.
1: So we're talking about the realities of our righteousness. Uh, Before I do that, I shared this this morning and I I'll share it with you all this uh, as well. Um, I was going through a, a, the top drawer of my nightstand. I wasn't going through. I was I was kind of somewhat conscripted into going through it because my wife pulled it out and put it on the floor and to give me the message that it needed to be cleaned out. And so as I was going through it and I, I got rid of about three-fourths of, of the things that were in there. I had this one little note in there, uh, it was an article actually, that someone had cut out and given to me, and uh, so I was looking at different things that were in there and a lot of things that just, you know, I would literally just gotten and thrown in there, uh, you know, tees from golf just in, in there, you know, so anyway, I got a, got a lot more tees than I thought I had. Um, but here's, here, here it is, I uh, hope you get a laugh out of this, it says, duty calls. Wake up, Oscar. It's time to go to church. I'm not going today, Mom, Oscar replied. I don't want to. His mother was persistent and kept calling for him to get up. Still, he would not. Give me three reasons why I should, the son demanded. Well, his mother said, Number one, you need to keep in touch with spiritual things. To keep in, to keep, uh, to in, keep up with spiritual things, to make you a better person. Number two, you can you can't sleep your, your life away. And number three, you are the pastor. <laughs> I kind of felt that way this morning. I, I had I had a, a somewhat of a turbulent night. And now I found out that there was a earthquake on top of it uh, this morning. But uh, anyway, I was just kind of, well, I was just wrestling, fighting, and speaking the Word of God, you know, get up, and then I finally got out the Word and took down a few notes and things of that sort. Um, but uh, it, it was just kind of different. So my, my daughter came in from her third shift job at 720, and so she's ringing the doorbell, I punched Kim on the leg. Go oh, get the door. Who is that? <laughs> who's, who's trying to get in here? Because I, I was just out of it because I, my, my, my regular rest time got disrupted. And so I was, and it came around when 720 came around. I was still in the bed, and I wanted to stay there. And so uh, my daughter, I, go, I get up, and I open the door for her. And she says to me, um, she said, don't you have to preach this morning? Why aren't you ready yet? <laughs> I said, just shut your mouth. All right. I'm I'm on a vacation hangover. Said I am the preacher. I, I am the preacher, yes. All right. So let's look at um let's look at a few things in regards to realities. Um, you know, th- these things I want us to I'm going to share them about seven things before we get into Colossians 3 to give you some idea of what it is to have um Realities—the realities of Christ, the realities of being identified with Christ, and and what that should mean to us—and so here's a few statements um, that uh, that you can write down. I think it would be good. Number one: our our existence, our existence now, like as in right now, depends on how real our identity is in Christ. So our existence right now, our existence. Today, is wholly dependent upon how much of a reality our life is in Christ. It has everything to do as to how we see life in general. Number two, there is no such thing as equality of realities. There's no such thing as equality in realities. Whatever is most real gets most of the attention. Are Y'all getting that? There, there is no such thing as equality in realities. In other words, there's no duality in realities. Like you can have one reality and then another reality uh, that, that, that doesn't compete with one another and one has to give way. So there's no equality there. There's not, okay, I'm, I'm, I, this is real to me and this is real to me. In other words, uh, from where we're coming from, you can't have a reality of being in Christ Jesus and translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son and still living as though everything in the world you're susceptible to and it has a say in your life and you can't do anything about it and, and I'm just a victim and, I, and there's nothing I, I can't go there's two that's battling realities and one of them has to give over to the other and so there's no equality there. You can't you can't say I'm a Christian and I believe in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and and and, and live that as a reality and still be evermore the victim, evermore the oppressed, evermore the one who is who is constantly um, uh, complaining and whining about circumstances in life and, and how bad it is and I can't get over it. That those those two realities are competing with one another you can't have both of them is that making sense to everyone okay so there can't be a a competing realities there you either side with the one or the other Uh, i think james says it this way um you can't have uh you can't waver between two opinions and many times especially now we see that happening a lot It's people are are vacillating between two opinions and actually vacillating between millions of opinions, millions of ways of of looking at and thinking about. And I really don't believe God wanted us to live a life where there are all these varying thoughts and ideas. I believe he gave us a way to look at life singularly, like through his eyes, through his perspective, that that is our reality, not, not with all these thoughts. And you can go out there right now And you can find a hundred million different ways of looking at stuff, can't you? You can find a thousand different opinions on it, and everyone is sharing their opinion. Everyone's got one, and everyone is sharing their opinion on what they think is the right way. Well, God is not that way. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are are higher than our thoughts, and they're not kept from us. He gives us his thoughts. He gives us uh, his word so that we can understand singularly what true reality is. Now, obviously, uh, reality is not necessarily truth, right? Reality doesn't necessarily mean what's real to one person may not be real to another person, and what's real to one person may not be true. It's just their reality, It's what they believe is their reality. I I don't like this saying for this reason. (laughs) I mean, I think I understand it. Um, uh, What is your truth? Your truth? (laughs) You know, uh, your truth will get you in a whole lot of trouble. Your truth can take you right out of the will of God. That should not be the language of the believer is what is your truth. That should not be our language. This is our truth. It is is not uh, multiple truths. There's not multiple ways of looking at things. There's but one truth as far as I'm concerned, and that is the Word of God. And so that is the Word of God should be our reality, okay? Number three, our realities will dictate how we act and what's important to us. Our realities will dictate how we act and what is important to us. In other words, whatever we see in our minds, whatever whatever is real in our imagination, we'll respond to it. It It will dictate our actions. You can always know what someone's believing, not by what they say, but by what they do. That's the higher reality. Whatever actions they have will determine what they truly believe. Now it's important to say these things, but it's more important to do what we say. So really, especially in, in, in the Christian circles in Christendom, there's a lot of and that's why James deals with it hearing but not doing. A lot of people say this is true to them. A lot of people say this is my reality. Maybe a lot of people uh, will, will confess that that's the way it is, but not too many people are actually doing it in, a, in, in, in real life. In other words, there's so many people who are living so very contrary to what they say they believe, okay? So, number four, our realities either harmonize us or divide us. Our realities either harmonize us or they divide us. What do I mean by that? If if my reality is different from Kim's reality within our home, then it's going to create some division. The Bible tells us how can two walk together unless they be agreed? How can two be one? So so our our job is we're going to have varying opinions. But we've got, to, we've got to find out what the Word of God says about our situation and come together in agreement on that so that we will not be divided. Because she may be thinking one thing and I'm thinking another thing and we have two different realities here and, and we're going to be divided on it. So the only thing that can really get us back to oneness is find something outside of ourselves that we can deem as true and be our, a reality to us. Otherwise, if you have varying realities... You can't help but have division. That's why the church, even in in of itself, in Christianity, that's why we're so divided. That's why the church is so so all over the place. You can find 100,000 different opinions even in Christendom. And, And why is that? God is not divided. God's not confused. So why is it that we have so many different thoughts concerning it is because we have sought to bring in our own realities. We've sought to make things the way we, destin- uh, we want them to be. And without any regards to what does the scripture say? What does the word of God say? What does God have to say about a situation? Okay. Other thing about reality is this. <clears throat> Number five. Those with the same realities are able to agree build, and affirm one another's existence. Those who have the same realities are able to build, agree, and affirm one another's reality. For instance, and I've shared this before, um, uh, if if I told you, if I told you, um, Asher, do you see my little white speckled dog? Do you see him? You don't see my speckled dog. He's got white speckles. I um, mean, he's got black speckles. He's white. He stands about this tall. Do you see him now? Good job. He just affirmed my reality, didn't he? Whether it be true or not, he said, "Yes, I see him." Now we can walk together. We can go to the park with the dog. Me and Asher sitting there looking at our little speckled white dog running around in the park because he's now affirmed my reality now I say that and it sounds kind of weird but isn't that what we do relative to scripture we can't see it can we but the Holy Spirit tells us it's true you're healed it's true you're more than a conqueror. It's true. God has supplied your every need. It's true. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's true. He's affirming our reality. That should be our reality. He's telling us, yeah, that's true. On the inside, we have a witness. One who tells us all the truth. He's affirming our reality. He's saying that that is the truth even though. So me and, me and Astro here, we're the only ones in this room they have, they have a, Anyone else? Anyone else saw my little dog? We talk about it long enough you'll see him. Anyone else? No one else saw it? You, you did see it? Yeah, see the kids can see him. The old adults. That's how it always is. All right, here we go. Number five, number six. Our reality will determine how we view everyone around us. Our reality we will view, will we'll determine how we see others, everyone else around us, whatever is real to us. And number seven, our realities determine what matters most. And that's, that's probably the most important one. Our realities determine what matters most. What matters most in your life? What matters most in your life? Whatever your realities are, that'll determine what matters most in your life. And you can't fake it. You can't pretend as though. You can't act like, oh, I just love Jesus and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then act like a victim. Act like you can't make it. Act like you can't get along. Act like everything's going back. You can't. You can't do that and be having Jesus as the greatest reality of your life. It can't be that way. And so God is wanting us to get to that place where our behavior, our actions, our attention, what we pay most attention to is what Jesus says, that Jesus matters most, that Jesus is the most important in our life. Especially now, now I want to say this, and we 'll probably say it again, but even while we 're the state in which we're now in in our country, um, it's important for us as Christians to know that Jesus matters most, that Jesus matters most. Now Now that doesn't mean that we dismiss uh, uh, justice and equality. It just means that justice and equality, we're not fighting for it. We already have it. Justice and equality, we're fighting for all men to have it, regardless as to the color of their skin. That justice is what God is for. God is not a color. So God is not, uh, he's not uh, teaming up with any particular race of people or group or anything like that. He's just saying, I want justice for everyone. I want equality for everyone. I want things that could go right for everyone. See, it's disingenuous, listen to me now, it's disingenuous to be upset and all uh, uh, around about uh, an injustice when it happens to your particular uh, group of people, but not be just as, ju- uh, in, uh, um, uh, what is the word, <laughs> indignant, righteously indignant when it happens to someone else, Right? Am I talking to anyone here? No. If if justice, because see, we're above that, and we'll show that in just a minute. We we are above the color line. You hear me? We're above it. We're not in it. We're not a part of it. Our our reality should be that I am not, I'm not neither black nor white Jew nor Gentile, Greek. I'm none of those things. I'm above that. Now, I may have a house that looks a certain way, but it's disingenuous to not have in our hearts the desire for everyone to be treated right. Everyone to be treated right. You know, someone said it this way. I remember a story uh, uh, about um, someone asking when, when the president, uh, President Obama was in office, um, someone asked another person, a Christian asked another Christian, um, um, uh, wh- how do you feel about him? And this person was against the president, President Obama. So how do you feel about him? And, and the person said to him, as a Christian, said, well, I think we should pray for them. Well, that's just as biblical as everything. Whether you agree with him, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, whether, but, but that didn't go over well with the other Christian. I didn't go over well with the other Christian. Didn't like that. Walked away from it. Thought that wasn't a good idea. What, what's wrong with that? Just pray for him. Just pray. Oh, you don't have to like him. You don't have to do... You just pray for him because that is our reality. That is our perspective. That should be our worldview. Y'all know where I'm going, right? Same is true with President Trump. Whether you like him, whether you like his personality, whether you don't like his personality, whatever. You're, when somebody asks you what... Your should be, I pray for my president. I pray for him. That doesn't mean you like him. That doesn't mean you care for him. That doesn't mean anything. It just means that you are doing it the Bible way. That is your reality. That is your perspective. Because that's what Jesus would be doing. Woo. What about that? And what are we supposed to be doing in the earth? We are his ambassadors. He's got to be our reality. He must be our reality if we're going to do anything in this earth realm. Now, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. I probably lost a few people on that one, didn't I? Did I lose anyone? Because, because, see, that, that, that determines our heart. That'll take a look at your heart, and you can measure what is most real to you. What should be most real to us is whatever Jesus is, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are, that should be our reality. As he is, so should I be in this world. As he does, so should I do in this world. What he likes, I should like. What he hates, I should hate. That should be my reality in all things. Nothing should be above that reality. Not the color of my skin should be above the reality of Jesus Christ. So Jesus, and we'll see, and he just spells it out real good here in just a minute. This to in the, uh, Colossians chapter 1. So this is the reality of the new life. This is, this is how we live as believers or should live as a believer. The living, uh, in my Bible, the New Literal Living Translation, it says the living the new life. So that's what we're doing. Living the new life. Verse 1, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of of honor at God's right hand. So it tells us right here at the very beginning. Set your sights. Fix your sights. Now, when we think about sights, we're thinking about, um, many times we're thinking about glancing. You know, sight, glance, look around. No, this is what it means to set your sights. I'm setting my sight back there. Because I'm trying to bullseye that. I'm trying to take it down. I'm, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to make it a target. I'm trying to get it. I'm not looking all over the place. It's not a setting of my sight as in, as in. No, it's it's fixing our eyes on. Fixing, fixated upon, looking steadily on, on and on. Not looking at everything else out there, but looking steadily on the things of God. So it says, since you have been raised with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights on, keep them there, on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits at the place of honor in God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Now notice it says here, it said, think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Not the things of there. You know why? Because if I try, am I going to be able to hit anything if I'm doing like this? It says, think about, it. set your sights, keep them on the things of God. So no matter what else is going on around me, I got to keep my sights on the things. Hey, how many of you know what an assassin does? What's an assassin do? He kills people. He kills people. Can he kill people very well if he's sitting up there like this? No, he's got to find his target and keep his sights on it. And so what happens really with a lot of Christians, because that's who we're talking to right now, it's primarily Christians, is we don't keep our sights on the things of God. We might keep it on there on, Saturday, on Sunday for about an hour, but then we take it off for the rest of the week. How are we ever going to get the target In which Paul talks about, I press towards the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. How can we ever get to that if we're vacillating the whole time? How can we ever think anything is going to be of anything to us relative to our growth and development in the things of God if we constantly are moving, constantly vacillating, constantly going with all the other opinions that are out there? It's not going to happen. So it says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for, the di- for you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you shall, you shall share in his glory. So he's telling us to live this life in which he said that we are, we are dead to this life. We're dead to that old life, and now we are alive unto God. And we're hitting in Christ Jesus. And so He's, listen, He's telling us to release the old world completely. That's a a work, isn't it? He's telling us to let all of that other stuff go, everything that is contrary to the Word of God. He's saying, let that go. Don't be a part of that anymore. Think differently. So we have a choice to make, and the choice is, do we continue to look at this world, continue to fix our eyes on this world, or do we, or, or do we literally go in the direction of the things of God and dare not to look back or look over, to truly be, as it were, dead? You know, he tells us in scripture that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. If I ask you a question. Friends, if I if I ask Leon, Leon, where are you from? Leon, where are you from? It's not a hard question, Leon. Where are you from, Leon? You're from Charlotte, right? So if you are from Charlotte, are you in Charlotte right now? You're not in Charlotte right now, are you? You're from Charlotte. You're not in Charlotte. You're from Charlotte. That means that where you are right now and where you were from, where you're from doesn't have influence on you now, right? You're more tuned to where you are living now than where you are from, right? I appreciate that, Leon. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? We're we're not from this world anymore. This world is not the way we should be thinking anymore. It's not the way we live our lives anymore. We're no longer subject to this world. We can no longer be the victims or play the victim or play the complainer or play the whiner anymore. This This is not our reality anymore. Does that make sense? Doesn't mean that we don't fight for those who are still stuck. Doesn't mean that we we don't see sin and call it out. But it does mean that our reality is so far different. That we have a different reality. Look at this now here's a part of the reality because now we're we're in a different place you know back back in the day we used to live a different way but now now, listen because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus it says so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you who's supposed to do that We we are it's our job he says so put to death you and I we put to death these things have nothing to do with sexual immorality impurity lust and evil desires. So because we are now living in a new reality. He says don't be subject to the old realities of the past. Don't live the way you used to live. You're in a different place now. Live like you're in that place. Where we are right now. We, we, we're, we're bigger. We're stronger. We're better. And God's like I don't want those things to impede you. To slow you down. To cause you to compromise where you really are. So it tells us. It says. Um have nothing have nothing to do with sexual morality impurity lust and evil desires and don't be greedy for greedy persons are an idolater worshiping the things of this world so he tells us in this regard now remember these are are part of our new reality so as my new reality Number one, I should not be as the world does in lust, and lust and be perverted and, 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 and idolatry and sexual immorality and, and all of those things and neither should I be greedy for the things of this world. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be given to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. The things that the, the I want, I need, I want to have mentality. I got to have that. It shouldn't be a part of our lives. We have a very new reality, and it is so beautiful to be able, be able to say no, to say I don't want it, if I got to get it that way, to say I I don't I don't want that. You're not going to make me a slave to this world system. Isn't it so good? Isn't it good to be able to to say no to things? When we look around and we see so many people giving over to, to lustful desires and desires uh, to have more and more and more and we can say like Paul, hey, I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. I know no matter what state I'm in, I know how to overcome. Nobody has me. I've got this situation. That's living in a whole new reality. The reality of I'm not enslaved to anything or anyone. That's my reality. You know, so much now is 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 so given towards um, someone has got me down, someone's trying to keep me down, someone won't let me get over the top. I want you to know we debunk that through the scriptures. It doesn't mean that there are sinful people out there. It doesn't mean that there's a spirit out there that is t- truly trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible tells us that Jesus made an open show of them and dethroned them and pulled the teeth out of the lion's mouth. So all that he can do now is roar. Now that does not mean, again, I'll say it once more, that does not mean that we don't fight for things that are right and just because that's what God would have us do. That's what we're part of. He wants us to do that. But do it from the ledge that is higher. God has set us in the cleft of the rock. God has set us in a high place. That's our new reality. So what are we doing now is from our high place, we're sending down a line to rescue and help other people. But never ever assume the position of the victim. Are y'all listening? Do not be the victim. Do not act like a victim. Don't talk like a victim. Don't walk around like a victim. Don't, don't, don't speak of being a victim. Don't ever live a life like that. We discredit all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Listen to how it reads in the Message Bible. So if you're serious, everybody say serious, about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead and your new life, which which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, when Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again to this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Verse 6. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when you your life was still part of this world. Remember, we're not we're not in that, we're not in Charlotte anymore, are we? We're away from it. We're away from wherever. We're away from the kingdom of darkness. And so we can we can say we're not gonna live that way anymore by his grace and by his power. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds." Now remember, this is the reality of having righteousness in your life. So put on your new nature and be renewed as you you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ, listen, Christ is all that, what? All that matters. All that matters and he lives in all of us. Boy, what if we really lived life like Christ was all that matters? I mean, really, what if we really lived our lives like Christ is all that matters? White lives matter, blue lives matter, black lives matter. But the scriptures say, Jesus, Christ is all that matters. Because you see, if I make Christ all that matters, then it's going to affect the way I treat all the other matters of life. It's going to affect how I treat white matters, black matters, polka-dotted matters, purple matters, green matters, all kinds of other matters. It's Christ that matters most. Jesus matters most. That must be our reality. And if we don't watch ourselves and if we're given to this world and looking at all the time, what's going on around us and getting pulled into that, getting pulled into that, that these things matter, these things matter most. No, Jesus matters most and because he matters most, we can impact those things that do matter, but not more than Jesus. The reason there's so much polarization in our world today is because we've made things matter more than Christ. We've made other things matter more than Jesus. If Jesus was here, he would be fighting out there. He would be working on these equalities. He definitely would. He would address them, but not from a standpoint of of identity, because I know who I am. But from the standpoint of justice. Does that make sense? So he's not addressing them from the standpoint of, of you know, uh, because it's, um, uh, um, you know, a black person or... or no, he's addressing it because, because I know who I am and I don't need any other identity to fight for, but I'm going to fight for what is right because it's right and it's just to do so. And that gives us a higher ledge. That means that not only when, when we see a, someone who has the same complexion as ourselves are we going to be upset and, and, and mad and, and want to do something, we don't care who it is, we don't care who's sick, we're going to pray for them. Right? We don't care who got fired unjustly, we're going to be on their side and try to get their jobs back. Am I right? Because it's in our hearts to do so. It's in our hearts to do so. And the whole body of Christ should be that way. In other words, if if, if there's anything that has more, makes you feel more right than Jesus Christ, then your reality is all wrong. And so once we begin to embrace this thing, and I'm telling you, this will work because you got to fight. You got to fight for staying in that Jesus matters most. You've got to stay there. You've got to put your mind there. You've got to keep your head in there. You can't, you can't waffle and vacillate and come back and forth and be one way one day and another day something else. Talk to your friends, you're this way and another day you're something else. And, 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 and listen to me. It doesn't matter if you're adjusting all the time. That's okay. That's what we do. We have to. I adjust all the time. I, mean, I feel I'm, I'm moving in one direction. I need to adjust back. I hear too much of one thing, and I get a little bent, and then I got to adjust back. Because it's real easy, man. It's easy to come to a side, right? It's easy to listen to something long enough and start listening to it, and next thing you know, you're chiming in on it, complaining about it, talking about it, talking about that, and and lose sight of the fact that you're supposed to be on Jesus' side. You're going to be talking about it from Jesus' perspective. You're supposed to view it from God's perspective. And it's going to take some guts. It's going to take some guts to stand up on Jesus' side. It's going to take some guts to be the only one who's going to say it the way Jesus would say it. it take some guts. But when He is our reality, when He is What's most important? Then every time you're going to come down on the right side, even when the right side seems like it's the wrong side, and it's going to create some divisions, it's going to create some things around you because Jesus said it this way, he said, I didn't come, I didn't come to cause a a peace, he said, I come to cause some division. Because my reality is a little different from your reality. And anyone who has a different reality, when they come into a room than the the majority, they're going to be divisive. And Jesus had the reality of the kingdom, the reality of heaven. So he was going to be divisive from that vantage point. You cannot, listen to me, you cannot live in this world and be on Jesus' side and always be agreeable. You're going to be divisive in some way. You're going to be in a place where everybody is saying one thing and you know in your heart that's not the way Jesus would look at it and you're going to have to stand upright on your feet and you're going to have to declare what the word of the Lord say and they're going to call you all kinds of names. They're going to call you an Uncle Tom. They're going to call you a racist. They're going to call you a liberal. They're going to call you this. They're going to call you that. But you just stand on the side of rightness. I read a good article just recently. Somebody put it on had posted it. And uh, um, the the minister. Um, what's, what's, what's the lady's name? Moore. Um. Beth Moore, Beth, she had a she tweeted some things out, and she said, "You know what?" She said, "Listen, if they call me this or if they call me that for believe, saying that these things about uh, uh, the isms within the body of Christ are wrong, I just be I just condemn me for it. Just you know, but that's all. We got to be bold, and I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing a lot of what she said, but basically she she was saying that if, if you come down on the the side of of, of justice. Some people in the church ain't gonna like you. They're not gonna they're not gonna appreciate what you have to say. They're gonna say that you're you're this or you're that or you No. You're just doing what Jesus would do. And so it's important, it's so vitally important that we side with the word of God in all areas of life. All areas of life, you know? So Let's finish this up real quick. What scripture did we get to? So five. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Having a, a Now verse seven. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Say, I'm not part of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when, you, when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him in this new life it doesn't matter if you are a jew or a gentile circumcised or uncircumcised barbaric uncivilized slave or free christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us since god chose you to do the holy uh, you to be the holy people he loves you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy kindness humility, gentleness, patience, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one, anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Don't we forget that sometimes? Now let me ask a question. Can I just, can I just ask a quick question here? How many of you have ever said something prejudicial? Lord, not I'm, I'm tell can we get some truth tellers in this room? Did God forgive you for it? <laughs> did He forgive you for it? How many of you have said some stuff that did you or done some things that you and God are the only ones that know about it. And you don't want no one else to know about it. So if he forgave us, how come it we won't forgive others? How can we still hold a debt or hold people to have debt for us? You know, don't listen. Can I just say this real quick? Don't, don't use this time as a time to lord it over someone else because of sins of the past do they need to be rectified you better believe it do they need to be straightened out? you got you know it does but man don't use it as an don't use it as a time I'm going to get them now I'm going to get I'm going to get them now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to show I've been waiting for this time I'm going to get I'm going to no that's not the time for that it's a time to realize God has so been so great gracious to me. There was a time in which George Logan was sitting in a philosophy class on the campus of UNC Chapel Hill writing, writing notes about the blue-eyed devil and how bad that was. And God forgave me. And God set me aright, and God gave me his perspective on life, and God gave me the desire that every man should have a just life and have a life that, that, is, that is good and, 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 and that God wants him to have this good life. God has forgiven me much. And sometimes we are so, so very easily prone to just keep on holding on to people's past and let them just, you know, we we ain't going to never release you from this. We're going to keep it. And and listen, there's still a lot to be done. I'm not saying that there's not work that is needed to be done, but it can be done by not assessing shame to the past. A lot of people won't come out of hiding simply because they don't want to be shamed anymore. Wouldn't it be a wonderful ex- environment? Um, Lester, you made a statement in a meeting we were in recently. I love that word, brave space. That, that you can come together in a brave space. Not a safe place where it's sterile and nobody wants to get hurt. But a, but a brave place where you can come in and we're not going to assess shame to you. We're going to say, brother, I understand. I don't, I don't fully get where you're coming from or... How he got this way, but help me to understand so that we can all, as a body of Christ, grow up together in this. Yeah, there is ingrained stuff that is out there that needs to be cleaned up. But let's go back there and clean it up without assessing shame. Because all shame does is put people in hiding. What does God do? God says, let me do this for you. I'm gonna give you Jesus, he's gonna make you right, and then we're gonna go back together and clean up your life. That's good. That is so good. Think about it just for a minute. He says, I'm gonna gonna give you access to righteousness and then we're gonna go back and we're gonna deal with all your dirty stuff. It is ingrained in your soul but I'm not going to assess any shame. I'm just going to clean it. We're going to clean it up together. How many of you ever cleaned a house or cleaned somebody else's house? And while you were doing it, you know that place was dirty. It was messed up. But you didn't assess any shame to it. While we were on vacation, uh, some wonderful people came by our house. And when we got back home, the whole backyard had been cleaned The storage room had been emptied and thrown out. Stuff that had been there for years that I just hadn't gotten to was taken care of. And I didn't hear not one of them say, man, I don't know how in the world. They may have thought it. (laughs) (laughs) They may have been thinking it the whole time, but none of them assessed any shame or condemnation. Like, how come you ain't never cleaned this shed out? How come you got all this stuff here for the last twenty-five years? How come you ain't did nothing with it? Nobody said a thing. So next time I go on vacation, I'ma let them know. <laughs> but I'ma open up the door of the house next time. We're like, just go on in there. Do what you got to do. No, no. But think about it. They, 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 they treated me still as the righteousness that I'm okay. They didn't associate it with shame. They said, you know, we're going to go in and clean it up. God wants to do the very same things for you and I. He wants to go back into our dirty, messed up pass, but before he does that he sets us in heavenly places with himself, he said the only place you're messed up is in your mind now, in your thoughts, so I need to go back in there and we're going to deal with the porno- pornographic thoughts, we're going to deal with the greed and the hatred, we're going to deal with the biases that you have and the, the bitterness and the ungodliness, we're going we're to deal with all of them, just let me in I'm not going to go in and I'm going to point at you and I'm not going to ride you on it and I'm not going to convict you, I love this word right here I love this word. God is going to go in and he's going to simply delete everything and not even bring it back up again. The challenge is letting him go back there and do it. I, I realize, listen, and, and someone said this to me in regards to the, 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 our clean, and, I, and I'm telling you, our, our, our backyard is shaping up. We cut down a few trees and it's opening up. It, is, it has become what it should have been. And I'm, not, I'm using that strictly as an illustration. It has become what it should have been. And what do I mean by that? Someone said this. Sometimes it's best. To not be around when the things that you need to discard are being thrown away. Because sometimes we want to hang on to stuff and we have remorse if we're there when we see it go. Does that make sense? And the thing about it is when God does a cleanup in our life. The beautiful part of it is, it doesn't even hurt. From the standpoint, you know, it's gone. It, 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 it the, the the greater part of it is what was done, what the product fulfills, what what happens, what what you become, not what it, not what takes away, not not what is being taken away. Except when they take something away that they weren't supposed to take away. <laughs> I had to put that in there. <laughs> One of the things we was like, what, 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 uh, what, what happened to the, they said they, they threw it in the garbage. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I said, you know what? I said, you know, hey, hey, hey. I said, the work that has been done is far greater than what we, what we, we lost. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you that story another day. But anyway, can we finish here? Can we? We got four minutes here. Let's go. Um, verse what? Y'all got me off on a tangent. Verse what? See so y'all. What verse what? Okay, thank you. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, and which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as the members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. You know, we'll, we'll close out with that. But what if, what if we just all decided that no matter what we're going to do, we're just going to live out love. We're just going to live in love. We're just, we're just going to do what Christ did for us to everyone, no matter who it is. Now, he's going to clean up some stuff. Love love actually allows that to happen. So don't, don't think that love is talking about glossing over. No, love is saying, I love you. you accepted by me, but we're going to go clean your, gar- gar- your, 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 your garage out and get that garbage out and all of that other stuff because I want you to fulfill what, you're, what you should be here for and live out in every aspect of your life. And when that happens, when we live out the realities of our righteousness, live it out, live it out in front of others, live it out boldly, then we're able to have a life that God wanted us to have. A good life. A life that that invites others to be a part of this life. Let me say this and then we're we're definitely close. There are people who need us to live out the reality of our righteousness right now in this window of time that God has given them to self-reflect and take a look around and say, you know what? I've been building my house on the wrong sand, on the wrong rock. And I need somewhere to go. I need someone because this is everything I've known to be true has now gone out. I I need something that tells me that this is the truth. And I truly believe people are, are looking for and, 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 and wanting something that is solid and real. And they only get that when we choose to make Jesus Christ our sole reality and what he has done for us. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you so much for the reality of our righteousness. Thank you for helping us to grow, develop, become all that christ has for us to become we open ourselves up wide for you to 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 examine our thoughts our our the things that we may be involved in right now we ask father that you by by your power and by your might work in us the desire to rid ourselves of everything that is not of you to to make sure that jesus matters most in our life in every aspect of our life and everything we do and everything we say, and every action that we have, that we consider Christ in us. That is our hope of glory. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name.
0: You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.